Welcome to another episode of Contract Heroes, the show where our guests and sometimes us provide best practice recommendations on all things related to contract management. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Contract Heroes, where we're not the heroes, our guests are. Uh, today on the show, we've got a good one for you. We've got John Croft. He's the president and co-founder over at Elevate. Um, before we dive in and Pepe gives you a little bit of background on what we're going to be discussing today, I just want to flip things over to John so he can give us a little bit more information on his his background and uh, you know how he ended up at uh, creating Elevate. So, John, thanks for joining us. Would uh, love to to kick things off by just getting some more information uh, around your your background. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Thank you for asking me. Um, I don't know how much information you want about my background, but um, I I started off. Um, I guess I would start off by saying I'm not. A, I am not a lawyer, um, and I only say that because uh, lots of people in our space um, are lawyers. Um, but when I was growing up. Um, I just, I thought I wanted to be a business person and I didn't really know what that meant other than you kind of put on a suit and a tie and had a briefcase. Um, <laughs> but that's what that's what I wanted to do. Um, I, I grew up um, in Oxford uh, where there's obviously a very famous university. So lots of the people I knew when I was growing up were like super, super academic. Um, and I am not particularly academic. Um, and so I... I thought I didn't want to be an academic um, and or to go to law school or medical school or anything like that. I just wanted to be a business person. Um, and the, I guess the funny thing is I've ended up working for my entire career uh, with lawyers, uh, many of whom went to Oxford or Cambridge or Harvard or any other good universities. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, <laughs> but um, th that's why I started off by saying that I'm, I, I'm not a lawyer. Um, and yeah, I think that how did I end up at Elevate? Um, I ended up here because um, in from my very first job in my very early 20s, um, as I say, I was selling things to lawyers to help them do their job more efficiently. And if you want the very short version of th nearly 35 years of doing this, um, uh, all I've done since then is keep exactly the same customer base. So I've been selling things to the same lawyers. But what is um, what has changed over that period of time um, is that um, what I've been able to sell them and how I've been able to help them um, has has changed sort of reasonably dramatically. Yeah, that's that's a good point because I was actually going to ask you to dive a little bit uh, deeper on that because like, I know you don't like the term non-lawyer, <laughs> but what were like the pain points you were seeing in the industry? Like why you start focusing, like working with lawyers, what was out there that, that, that you thought this had a change? Yeah. Um, there's two very good questions in what you just said. The first one is, uh, and they're sort of different. So the first one is, uh, why do I not like the term non-lawyer? Um, and I, I'll just quickly hit that on the head because there's nothing wrong with being a lawyer. That's, you know, some of my best friends are lawyers. But um, what, <laughs> I what I find um, difficult 
slash unacceptable about the phrase non-lawyer is um, it is uh, it is divisive. Uh, it implies that there are the lawyers who are these people behind the velvet rope, and then there's everyone else. It is exclusive. Um, and when people say to my face, "Oh, you're a non-lawyer," um, I, I, it just it really it rubs me out the wrong way. And I always say, if you go into hospital. Um, uh, somebody in a white coat doesn't walk up to me and say, "Oh, you're a non-doctor." You know, I'm I'm still a human being. Um, I can still I, I can still think, um, and I know that I'm not a lawyer. Um, but actually, being called a non-lawyer implies that, as I say, that there's this sort of velvet rope. And uh, one of the many things that um, we are trying to do differently at Elevate um, is to crack the um, the lack of diversity in the legal sector um, and that whole kind of equitability and inclusion side of, of things. Um, and whilst it is, it's not gender related or race related or sort of socio-economic related, that idea of lawyers and non-lawyers is just a divide that we don't think is necessary. Both right. are, people on both sides of that divide are needed. Um, and I guess I'll come on to talk about that later. It's it's important. In fact, it is vital in some instances to have a lawyer. But I would also say it is important and even vital to have people who are not lawyers doing some of the work as well. Um, so it we, we try to be inclusive, um, uh, equitable, um, uh, rather than sort of divisive and have the kind of haves and the have nots or the doctors and the nurses or, you know, however you want to uh, refer to it. So, um, yeah, so that was that. Sorry, I, it's just a little um, a little hobby horse of mine, that particular one, as you <laughs> rightly say. Um, but then um, I think your second question was, what did, we, what did we see in the sector that kind of what were the pain points um, that caused us to start Elevate? Um, and I think what we saw was a, a legal sector that, and, and I'm talking obviously about the corporate legal sector. So I'm not talking about personal, you know, d divorce or wills or anything like that. Right. This is just big, big corporate po corporate legal that we're talking about. Um, and we saw a sector where, for about a hundred years, there have been two ways of doing things. You're either, if you're in-house as a as a corporate in-house legal team, as a general counsel, say you either hire a whole bunch of lawyers and write the contracts yourself or do the litigation or whatever it is that you're doing. Or you pick up the phone to a law firm, a traditional old school partnership. Um, and I'm in London. So in London, they all happen to be based in, in one small square mile of the city of London in a particular uh, financial district. Um, they tend to be in, you know, large marble buildings with big um atrium and um they tend to be filled with mainly guys in dark suits and ties and black shoes you know there was a kind of there was right. a way of doing things um and in some instances um you know when there is a very specific advisory piece of legal advice that's needed then then that's absolutely the right place to go. But um, those were the only two options for, as I say, for about 100 years. And 
what we saw really over the time that uh, we were in our last business and really over the last kind of 15, 20 years or so was that there were other people starting to come up with other ways of doing this legal work and getting on top of things like contracts and that um, some of them were consulting legal consulting businesses some of them were flexible lawyering businesses uh, some were legal technology businesses uh, some were managed services some were legal process outsourcing there were kind of lots of different uh, people coming up with lots of different ways of tackling the same problem and what we thought was that we would set up a company that did all of those things under one roof and it didn't exist when we started there was no there was no one we could point to and say that's what we're going to do um in a way that if we if we just started if we just said we were going to start a law firm then you know i could phone up my mum and my mum knows roughly what a law firm is you know everyone would kind of have a picture in their mind of what that what that would do um there was nobody that did this and the closest that we could come uh, when we looked around the world um, was Accenture. Um, okay. And our thinking was that if you were um, the chief executive of a big global corporation, doesn't matter what you did, um, if you had a business problem you were trying to solve, you could phone up somebody like Accenture and they would come in and do probably three things. The first is they would bring some consultants in who would help you frame what your what what the question is, what the problem is that you're trying to solve, and they would then help you design a solution to do this uh, more more effectively. And sometimes that solution is redesigning you and the company, and then they send you a consulting bill and go off and leave you to do it more efficiently. Um, and sometimes they would say, "Well, we actually have helped." you know 20 of your main competitors do this and as a result of which we've built kind of a managed service and we can do this for you and you can give it all to us and we'll sell it back to you um so there was consulting there was services and then the third piece is technology where um sometimes either some technology will do the work or it will support the work being done at the company or at um, accenture so this was a business model um that we saw and thought that's great and that works and Accenture is a very successful uh, company um, but in the legal space which is where we are there is no Accenture right. um, there is nobody that does all of that so if you were a general counsel running a legal team or if you were a managing partner running a law firm you, you kind of couldn't phone Accenture because they weren't in our space and there was nobody that could do those things so we thought well is there you know, is there a sort of infinite list of problems that you could need solving if you were in a leadership position in a legal business? And the answer was no, there's not a limitless uh, list. It's quite a long list, but it's not it's not an infinite list. Um, and so our plan when we started was if we could build out a solution for all of these things and they would fall into those same three categories a consultant that would come in and help define what the problem is and design a solution it might be you running your contracts more efficiently yourself or it might be us saying well we've we we do all this contract work for all your competitors and we could do this for you and sell it back to you um and thirdly some technology which might either 
you know, write the contracts or draft the contracts or store the contracts um, or just support us or the end customer doing it, then we would have created an organization which in our very, very early days, we called um, Accenture for Law because uh, we just didn't know what to call it because, it, as I say, it didn't exist before. Um, and we actually put that on our website. Um, and then I think one day Accenture phoned us up and said, would you, would you mind taking it down off your website because you have nothing to do with us at all? <laughs> at which point um, we, we had to sort of come up with a way of describing ourselves. And the phrase that we came up with was law company. And our thinking was that there are it's not a question of right or wrong, uh, but there are three. Uh, now, there are now three different ways of doing things instead of two different ways. There were always law departments and law firms. There are now law departments, law firms, and law companies, and there is a place for all of them. So we are not here as a competitive threat to take work away. Um, what we bring to the market is efficiency, and whether you're a law firm or a law department, we can help you be more efficient. Um, and structure yourselves to be more efficient and buy more efficiently from each other. Um, and uh, that's probably a longer answer than you wanted, but that's, that's the kind of that's <laughs> no, the story no, you know, of um, how we got to be here today. Yeah, no, and, and that, you know, really answered my next question, which was going to be, you know, what's the difference between, um, you know, the, the type of organization that you're talking about and, and the traditional, you know, methods, and we kind of really discussed that, right? So, I mean, the difference is you're offering a, a multitude of services, right? I mean, we have consulting, we have managed services, we have technology, and, you know, I, I think we touched on something earlier when you were answering that first question that Pepe had is around, you know, collaboration between departments and lawyers and non-lawyers coming coming together more so to 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 work on things together and i think that that's maybe not a newer trend but i think it's being accepted by more and more organizations uh over the past couple of years is and and maybe that's just what you know we've seen because we're new to the space right um so i guess i mean john my, my question is you know what 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 in what ways do you think organizations out there that maybe still are kind of more segregated i mean what, what kind of tips can you give them so that their their legal team is working more in, in sync and harmony with their other departments that are out there in these in these larger organizations? Yeah, it's a good question because I think if you look if you look at, at the sort of C suite of a big organization, um, it was twenty five years ago that the CFO's door got knocked on and and the CFO got told to sort their department out and to bring technology. Um, in, um, I, I sometimes remind my children that when I started work, um, the internet didn't exist. So there was no email. Uh, we used to write letters and stick a stamp on and send them to each other and then wait days to come back. My children kind of look at me as if I was completely mad. And, um, but that's, that's how life was. Um, and when I started work, our finance department, and we were a publicly listed company on the London Stock Exchange. So it was a big proper company. The way that um, we did all of our, our financials was rows of people sitting at desks, wooden desks with calculators with little rolls of paper on the back and they would add numbers up, print them out and then swap paper with the person sitting next to you and you'd check the math on it. And that's how we did our annual reports and our filings with the Stock Exchange and all that kind of stuff. And there was nothing unusual about that at the time. If you were to walk into a company now and to their finance department and you saw people doing that, 
you'd think it was crazy. I mean, at the very, very least, there's Excel, but at the more sophisticated corporate level, there'd be some SAP or, you know, some other Oracle type of, you know, some big enterprise financial system that does all their gap reporting and and, and tracks everything. And what's interesting is that that is the, it's not just the norm. I mean, you get audited to check you've got systems like that in place and there'd be a problem if you didn't. So that's the finance department and that's been going for 25 years. You walk along that C-suite corridor and you tap on the door of the general counsel. And I would say 10 years ago, you no one was even knocking on the door because it was always where lawyers, it's special. Um, you know, you don't understand. We can't commit to a budget because we don't know what we're going to do, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm pleased to say that over the last 10 years, um, the general counsel um, has had to become as accountable to the CEO as the CFO has. Um, and yet, um, I'm not saying quite that you walk in to the legal department and there are rows of people sitting at wooden desks with fountain pens. But I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's not mm -hmm. far off. You know, the point is, if you talk about legal tech, it is still seen as a threat and something new and something right. odd instead of how it is in finance, which is it's it's what you have to have. Otherwise, you're in trouble and you're going to, you know, you're going to fail your audit. So um, we're just in this little point um, and it's been a few years. Um, companies like Elevate have been right in the eye of the hurricane for it all. Um, so we're pretty familiar and it doesn't bother us at all. Um, most companies are coming along with it, but it is it is still not it's still not a given that you'll walk in and everything is automated far from it. Um, so I think your question mark about, you know, tips for organizations and what they can do better is, is I first of all, I'd say just don't look at don't look at ch this type of change as a threat. Um, I think, you know, trying to hold on to the way we've always done things um, is a very natural human um response to change no nobody humans generally don't like change um but i think again sort of go back to my children as just as a proxy for an age group and we haven't met we, we've only met over screen but i'm guessing your age group as well because <laughs> from looking at you both but um you know the next the next generation of lawyers coming through are are digital natives so mm -hmm, they're right. not going to walk in and say oh this looks like a piece of threatening technology that's going to take my job away they're actually going to say what do you mean there's no technology i'm, I'm not going to sit there and do that manually myself that's not what i went to law school for and that you know that's that, that i'm going to go and work somewhere else so i think you know there is that um th there's that sort of generational uh point in time at the moment where we've got a mix of people in the legal workplace um but that's that's changing that's changing pretty yeah. quickly yeah, I, yeah, and I would I would agree with that. You know, we're seeing a mix mix of everything, right? I mean, there's some some departments out there or, or some legal teams out there that are uh, you know early adopters and and they're moving forward. And um, and you know, like you said, there's other uh, organizations where where people are scared of tech and they don't really understand that it's something that they can leverage so that they can focus on more important tasks, and and it'll free up their time because the 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 manual searching and the um, repetitive tasks, the small things that they're doing uh, that take up a lot of their day is is just stuff that they can put on autopilot. Um, yeah. But I, but I think I think you know, and 
you know, it, it, as much as the pandemic was was terrible, I think one good thing that came out of it was, you know, it really opened people's eyes to technology and and why they need applications in place to help them work smarter or, or access right. documents from anywhere and things like that. So, yeah, I, I think yeah. we're you know we're we're seeing stuff uh, very similar stuff over here, and and it's um it's an exciting time to to be working with legal departments. Yeah, for right. sure. And- it, it's it's just like thinking like an accountant can work without you you using Excel. It's just like it's not a threat. It's just a tool that really is going to help you to use all that administrative work uh, on autopilot, like like Mark said. And so, John, there's also I mean uh, I I came also with a lot, with another question uh, now that you were talking about this. And uh, I mean you know there are certain services that by law. Uh, such as client representation, only lawyers can perform due to this legal restriction. But however, can you tell us any other skill set that are looked by clients of the law company uh, that are not necessarily need to be performed by a lawyer? Yeah, yeah, there's lots, Um, uh, you know, and this comes back to the difference between a, you know, a law firm and a law company. Um, we've got lots of lawyers. So I just, I, I, I start, I started with that. We've got 1300, um, I have 1300 colleagues around the world and many, 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 many of them are lawyers. So it's not that it's not that lawyers can't or shouldn't do this work quite the opposite. Um, but what we've set out to do is really tackle business of law problems rather than practice of law problems so we are never going to put ourselves forward as the organization that you go to to take you know to go to court or to you know to, there are there are certain things that as you as you rightly say that that only um uh, uh lawyers can do but our you know that's a that's a small part of it and if you're on a graph it's the sort of top right in 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 terms of kind of complexity and um and and risk but most of the work most of the time in most of the companies that we're talking about are not up in that top right hand corner they're sort of they're not right down on the bottom left but they're sort of in the middle there and that is you know what we call you know it's running the business not betting not betting the business um and for that type of work um Yes, a legal brain is useful for some of the work, but, um, you know, the digitization of the world and the digitization of law departments and and the legal sector um, has led, as it has in all elements of society, to so much more data than there ever was, you know, before in the past, um, that uh, you you know, you do need some technology sometimes just to be able to sort through the swathes of data uh, to find the pieces that you need the lawyers to look at. Um, and so um, data scientists that can work on that type of technology, um, project managers who can um, have the entirety of a project with the lawyers and the tech people and the data scientists and the and the client and everyone else um, is a vital part of kind of keeping a project on budget and on time. Um, so there are um, all of those roles. There are then um, kind of legal operations, which is a huge new, I can't call it a sector, but it's, 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 a, it's a job that just didn't exist 
10 years ago. Right. Um, and and legal ops is now a thing. Um, and it's respected and everyone understands in the same way as companies have chief operating officers um, and teams have, you know, or, or divisions of companies have, you know, operations heads. In the past, it was always just in, in legal, there wasn't one. There was a there was a general counsel and there were lots of lawyers and everyone would just do their own thing because they were all very bright lawyers, but they'd all do it slightly differently. Nobody would do it wrong, but nobody would do it the same either. There was no process um, and everyone would sort of do the work the way they wanted to do it. Um, and the idea now that uh, legal operations is a is not just respected, but is absolutely vital that you need to run your legal department the same way as the CFO runs the finance department or the CMO runs the marketing department and the CIO runs the tech uh, side of the business. Um, it's, it is just as vital. So there's a, there's a wide range of uh, skill sets that we look for. Um, and that's been, that's been hard at the beginning because we were battling against this, this whole lawyers, non-lawyers um, thing we were talking about earlier. I'm pleased to say now um, that's 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 no longer um, really a challenge. But it also helps with the uh, the challenge around the lack of diversity um, in the legal sector. And one of the reasons that 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 we've been able to start moving the needle on that a little um, is that it's it's changed the conversation. Um, around to look for outcomes and what I mean by that is that in the past if you needed you know a contract signing um, you would either have a, someone in your team do it or you'd phone up outside counsel and if you phoned up outside counsel you'd phone up one of the law firms that I described in the past um, earlier and um, they would give it to somebody who was in the type of building I was talking about and looked and you know was probably a guy in a suit that would that would you know to and fro on all of this thing one of the uh, changes that's happened to the market as a whole over the last 10 years and then has been moved on in extreme in the last year with the whole pandemic and working from home is people have had to just focus on the outcome and the outcome is I need that contract by Friday and if you can give me that contract finished and signed by Friday then all of a sudden I don't actually care where which office you're sitting in um, and over the last year nobody's been in an office so the idea bef before was that you had to go and sit in this office in the center of London at a desk in a suit and tie and that's how you that's how you did legal work now all around the world, people have been sitting at their kitchen table with their kids on one side trying to do schoolwork and then trying to do the legal work. And right. guess what? It all got it, it got done. So now we know that. I'm not saying, absolutely not saying never go back to an office or put a tie on again. But now, now we know that you can focus on the outcome. And if the outcome is I can get you the contract by Friday, then I, I no longer need to worry about, you know, where you are, who you are, and therefore whether you are male or female or black or white or gay or straight or, you know, all of the things that were difficult when everyone was in the building and you walk down the corridor and literally everyone looked the same. Um, it has been, it has been, um, I think, help, very helpful. The last, the challenges that we faced over the last year have been helpful in um, 
taking away some of the prejudices around um, the types of people that can do this work, which has been a good thing. Right, of course. So, John, and have you seen any kind of trend regarding technology? Like, which kind? I don't like to call it like legal tech. I would say like most of these kind of softwares are more like enterprise software because at the end, yep. like the legal department is not an in independent entity. It works with the whole with the whole enterprise. Yep. But have you seen any any trend on which kind of softwares have been uh, adapted the most uh, uh, in the, the market? Um, it's a good question. I, I, and again, I, I agree with you. I sort of smile to myself when people talk about legal tech because right. no other, nowhere else has to stick legal in front of it. Everywhere else is just tech, you know, but of course with lawyers, it has to be legal tech. It's, but you're right. It's just tech. It's a buzzword. Um, so, <laughs> so, um, I think that the, I mean, the, the, the big trend is, uh, is obviously digitization, mm -hmm. um, of, of legal but of the you know the world at the moment but uh, legal has got sort of swept along in that um and i you know i know we were sort of talking about contracts and um you know contracts are a piece of legal work that uh has been done in exactly the same way as i've talked about for the last 15 minutes which is you know by human beings you know with a pen sitting in a room and the door shut on their own and then rows and rows of, of lawyers all doing it sort of manually and um by digitizing um that process um you automatically are able to do other things like simplify um create templates work to playbooks um take 50,000 contracts and interrogate them to see where there are certain common clauses which no human being could possibly do um so i think that the sort of you know the big trend is the digitization um in terms of uh products um we see kind of a, a a couple of things there are at the, at the bottom end of the market there are some very sort of what we call point solution products so a product that does a thing and um there's been a lot of noise around those and we all know who they are and you know they're starting to kind of raise money and 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 that's good but they do a thing um and there is nowhere yet um that is the the platform like a, you know like a sort of a facebook or something like that you know that 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 level of platform but um certainly um we see the trend moving towards more enterprise level systems um and i don't mean a system that does absolutely everything but something that you could that a, an organization can put all of their contracts in and then over time work as i say <coughs> technology is not the answer to everything is the other is the other important element to the trend um that it's not just tech it's not just lawyers um it's a combination of all of these things and people working kind of in harmony together um but we we see um a growing demand uh from the legal and the procurement sides of big corporations for and some sort of enterprise legal management system and um you know different people within those departments will need different modules of it um and they're moving at a different pace but um we we think that there will be a small number of players that 
reach that level of kind of platform um, in the market. And then there will always be the point solutions um, that will come and go and some will succeed and some won't, but there's, they, they will continue to do just, you know, one or two things. Um, and that's fine because if that's all you need, that's all right. you need to buy. Um, but the, the, I think we're in that, as I said, we're in that sort of point at the moment in this cycle where a lot of people have bought lots of point solutions thinking that they were all going to be the answer and all of a sudden their head's spinning because none of them talk to each other and none of them can actually put all of the data in um, and none of them are really fully utilized and so they're thinking well hang on a sec i you know i did everything manually i i thought i was doing the right thing i bought all this technology but actually now it's more complicated than it used to be and so you know maybe i should just go back to doing it manually and that's not that's not the right answer either um so um going back to my accenture analogy um we spend a lot of time in our consulting business helping people make that decision and specking out and just making sure that the right piece of technology is bought and implemented um, because that's um, sounds blindingly obvious but that's you know that's that's a very very important uh, decision to get right at the beginning because otherwise all of your other questions about utilization and change and um, people coming along on the journey are not going to happen if if you know if you bought the wrong piece of technology up front yeah yeah i mean you know choosing a solution is only half the battle, right? I mean, you, you need to, to properly implement it. You need to get your user adoption up. You know, if those things don't happen, you could have the best piece of technology in the world and uh, it, it's just not going to be utilized and you're just going to waste a bunch of money. And, and I think that that's where the, taking that consultative approach really, really shines and in, in truly having to understand what your customers are looking for and understanding what their needs and their problems are um, is, again, like you said, where um, a point solution and more of an enterprise play definitely kind of separate because, you know, you need to take into account everything that's that's going on inside of an organization if you're going to provide a a solution to one or two of their problems. Uh, and if not, yeah. they're just going to outgrow it and have new problems in another year or two, you know. Um, so, yeah, exactly. no, John, we we uh, we appreciate your time and, and the insight. I think this this has been a pleasure for all of us. Um, if, if more folks want to learn about you or, or elevate in general, I mean, where, where should they, uh, where should they find you? Um, I'm probably easiest to find on LinkedIn, uh, where you can find me, John Croft elevate. Um, we have a website, but, uh, very happy if anyone wants to get into touch direct, um, I'm easily accessible, um, and always happy to speak to people who are looking to, uh, deliver legal services more efficiently. Awesome. Thank you, John. This has been a great conversation. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of Contract Heroes. And we'll be back here next week or the week after. We'll see uh, with a, a, a next episode.